You need winners? Let the sports advisor show you how to make money. General Manager Al DeMarco, a former sports reporter and contributor on Fox Sports, MSNBC, and Comcast Sports TV, brings over 25 years of handicapping experience to the table. CEO Steve Budin, the author of Bets, Drugs, and Rock and Roll, is the man responsible for creating the sports betting industry. Together, they are the Sports Advisors, your number one source for winners. Well, here we are late in the NFL season, and the underdogs continue to rule the roost. They are 20 games over 500, 9 over at home, 11 over on the road. But Steve, as a former bookmaker, as the guy who created the offshore sports book industry, I think you are well aware that everything in this industry when it comes to gambling, it's all cyclical. It sure is. I mean, there's a small percentage of gamblers out there that just love the dogs, but most gamblers, for the most part, gravitate towards the favorites, except when they see trends like this happen. Then they usually move over halfway through the season to the dogs just in time for the favorites to come back and smack them in the butt. So my advice to you, if you're a gambler out there, is do what you do, because everything, like Al says, is cyclical. Hey, guys, we've got some great games to break down for this Sunday card. I'm Al DeMarco along with Steve Budin. But before we go any further, just a quick reminder down there in the lower corner, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss another episode, not only for this countdown to kickoff show for the NFL preview, something we've been doing for over 20 years, but also for the college football preview show that I do each and every week with the red hot Rick Torino. Rick, nine and one this year with his Saturday college football best bets after cashing yet again last weekend with North Carolina, the road dog outright at Wake Forest. So again, just subscribe now so you'll always be alerted and never miss another show. And also, FYI, you can also catch us and download us on any of your favorite podcast networks, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, etc. So, Let's get going here with the first game. Philadelphia had their hopes dashed for an undefeated season. Miami Dolphins, 72 perfect record, uh, not going to be jeopardized once more as the Eagles upset as a double-digit home chalk by Washington last weekend, 32-21. to 21. Traveling to Indianapolis, this game, Steve, big line movement. Philadelphia initially an eight-point chalk, now down to six and a half. The Colts made some big moves last week on the field and off. First, going out, firing uh, Frank Reich and bringing in Jeff Saturday, whose total coaching experience was at a high school level, and bringing in the ex-All-Pro Center to be their new coach. And then he made a big move on the field, reinstating Matt Ryan as his quarterback and the Colts surprisingly pulling off the win to snap a losing streak. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, eight to six and a half is a big move, and it's because gamblers have short-term memory, so they only remember what happened last week for both of these teams. But for me, there is reason for concern in Philly. Obviously, the run-stopper Jordan Davis is still out. Their rush defense doesn't look great. Indies are run-heavy offense, or at least they'd like to be. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, 147 yards rushing versus the Raiders in Vegas. Matt Ryan, like you mentioned, is back in the saddle. That's good news for the Colts. 
Colts. Uh, the Indy defense, the only consistent thing all year is they've been good. Even against Mahomes and the Chiefs, they look good. I think the Eagles probably have one more bad game in them before they wake up and right the ship. Uh, I initially, I was on Indy plus those eight points, but now with this game down at the six and a half range, I don't think that's enough points. I think that eight points was the right line. I'm going to have to lay the six and a half points here with the Eagles. Okay, interesting. Uh, you know, you touched on something that was very important, and that is Philadelphia's run defense, which has been awful last season, awful this season, and Washington took advantage of it because they controlled the clock in the victory. And the best defense against Philadelphia's exciting offense is to keep that offense off the field. So Washington ran the ball season high 49 times, 152 yards. So it's not like they were picking up huge chunks but they just relentlessly pounded the rock. So 49 runs resulted in a time of possession for Washington of almost 41 minutes. Uh, defensive tackle Jordan Davis, one of their top draft picks, he has missed the past two games, and it's shown because the Houston Texans in that Thursday night cover at home a couple of weeks back, they ran for 168 yards too. So this is a team, Philadelphia, that if you can't stop the run, it's going to minimize the number of offensive plays you're going to be able to run. And when you've got Jonathan Taylor who's coming off that 147-yard performance, well, that's going to make the Colts more dangerous here. So I can certainly see with the line move making Philadelphia more attractive, I would have probably backed Indianapolis plus the eight. I'm kind of ambivalent about this contest one way or another because I think Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator for the Eagles, uh, I don't know why he has a job. Uh, I think Philadelphia suffered a costly injury in the loss to Washington when they lost their uh, all-pro tight end, Dallas Goddard, who I think behind Travis Kelsey, I think he's the second-best tight end in the NFL. But uh, I would go instead, and you know how I love teasers, a two-team seven-point teaser, I would take Philadelphia down. I don't think Eagles are going to lose this game. And in fact, prior to the Washington game, if you would put the Eagles in a two-team seven-point teaser in any other game prior to the Washington game, you would won with Philadelphia every single time. So that's how I would play Philadelphia in this contest. Take the Eagles down to basically a pick em. I would not, however, take Indianapolis plus 13 and a half that I have absolutely uh, no interest in because listen, just because the Colts won once, they're still the Colts. They still suck before. And just because Matt Ryan had one good game with no turnovers. I don't know. That's something I wouldn't bet on Steve. No, you got to take the whole season into consideration. That's what I said earlier. Gamblers have short-term memory. They're only looking at last week. They see the Eagles fall last week. They see Indy play good. And it's like that's the whole season of information for them. But I think that's what bookmakers count on and why they do so well. Okay, next one is going to be New England and the New York Jets. Uh, first time these two met, uh, we know what happened. Uh, Zach Wilson was a turnover machine. What I like here is the Patriots coming off the bye and probably the healthiest they've been all season. What I don't like is, boy, the Patriots offense has just sucked all season long. Yeah, you know, they have. And, and I don't think we need to say this again, because, but maybe we should just because Jet fans need to hear it. Forget it, guys. The Patriots own you. It's only been a few weeks. And I mean, didn't Belichick remind everyone last time that he just never loses to the Jets? And look, 
It was a 22-17 win. It wasn't a beatdown, but it was Belichick's 13th straight win over Gangrene. And to me, the Patriots, like you said, they're well-rested. They're ready for a run. It was at this point last year when they made that mid-season run, winning and covering seven in a row. For New England, as always, Al, it's always going to be about the defense. And the last time they faced Zach Wilson, they forced three picks. And look, the bottom line, until something changes in this series, I'm going to keep betting New England. It's been working for the last five plus years. Patriots are eight and two versus the line the last 10 in the series. I'm taking New England here until something goes differently. I mean, Wilson, I believe had 355 yards passing, but it was a misleading number in that 22-17 loss because the pick six, the three interceptions, he cost them the game. What I will say about the Jets is I was very impressed with how good they are defensively all season long, but especially in that upset of the Bills. But again, you cited the numbers. I don't have to repeat them. When one team owns the other like that, and that team is only a three-point favorite at home, I can buy down that half point at three, three and a half. I've got to ride New England in a low-scoring defensive battle because until proven otherwise, yeah, I'll take Belichick at home in this particular spot. But that offense does bother me. Mac Jones uh, in and out of the lineup this season, four touchdowns, seven interceptions, but again, Patriots at wide receiver, running back and offensive line, the healthiest they've been all year. And I think that counts big. Uh, that leads us to Big Blue, the other Giants team. I liked them last week. You liked the Houston Texans before that game came right down to the wire. It wasn't a great effort, but the Giants got the cover now 7-2 against the spread after that 24-16 win against Houston. And now they get another lousy team, the Detroit Lions. And I am shocked, Steve, at how cheap the Giants are at three and a half points. It's like, what happened? The, the Lions beat a couple of bad teams and now suddenly they have value? Yeah, the Detroit lie downs is what they call them. You know, uh, they did their best David Blaine last week, coming back from 14 points down in the fourth quarter. Almost impossible. Uh, but Detroit quarterback Jared Goff, he's less than magical. He's four and four touchdowns to interception ratio. He's been sacked 10 times, Al, in the past five games. New York uh, Giants now seven and two straight up and against the spread. Uh, running back Barkley, 931 yards rushing uh, on the year. Uh, uh, six touchdown runs, 29 catches, two touchdown receptions, so well-rounded. Quarterback Daniel Jones, if nothing else, he's playing within himself, right? 66% completions, 8-2 to two on the touchdown-to-interception ratio. He's actually rushed for another 387 yards at 5.6 yards per carry. He's got three touchdowns running the ball. Uh, Barkley's coming off a 152-yard rushing day with a touchdown. He now faces a Detroit defense that ranks last in the league in total defense and points allowed. So no other way to go here but big blue minus the points. And yes, it does look cheap to me. Yeah, listen, the Lions were 0-6 uh, straight up against teams with winning records. They're now 3-0 and against teams with sub-500 records after beating the Packers and the Bears the past two weeks. Nice you beat the Bears, but what the hell are you doing being down by 14 points in the second half in the first place. You hit on something again here that's very important, not only the fact that the Lions' overall defense sucks, but the fact that last week Barkley had the 152-yard performance against the second-worst uh, run defense in the league, that being the Houston Texans, 
well, or no, actually the last uh, ranked run defense in the league. Now he's taking on the second worst run defense in the league as the Lions give up almost 161 yards per game on the ground, 5.3 yards per carry. You know, he had 35 carries last week. He's going to get to uh, probably 30, 35 totes again here. And I'll go with the Giants with you. I just don't see any other way to go. Uh, which brings us to one of the better games on this week's slate, uh, Dallas at Minnesota. Uh, I am personally responsible for ending one of the Cowboys' uh, most illustrious streaks. They were 195-0 and 0 straight up all-time, playoffs included, when carrying a 14-point lead into uh, the third quarter, fourth quarter of any game uh, before blowing it and losing in overtime at Green Bay. And it's because I had the Cowboys last Sunday. So, um, you know, I don't know what to make of this Cowboys team. Meanwhile, Minnesota had a miraculous comeback win in overtime against Buffalo as they rallied from 17 point down. And all that being said, the Cowboys are the one point favorite in this game on the road. Yeah, and listen, you know, uh, maybe Mini is good. Maybe I was a little too quick to call them a fake in every single episode thus far this season. Um, but to me, they just can't continue to pull these games out every week. It just can't be. So am I willing to give Dak Prescott another shot? I am. Look, remember the Vikes beat a sore-armed Josh Allen in Buffalo last week and barely survived a bunch of really, really close games. So one more time. I'm going to go against Minnie. But if they win out, please do me a favor. Don't put them on our schedule of games anymore. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> well, listen, this game hurts me a lot more than it hurts you after the Cowboys cost me dearly last Sunday. But uh, I, you know, I have to take the Vikings here because when I saw the Cowboys as a team that faded, coming off a bye, faded in the second half against a Packers team that has shown us nothing week after week, and yet suddenly – Aaron Rodgers, the two-time reigning MVP, as he warned everybody he was, uh, suddenly resurrected his career, seemingly, with a bunch of receivers I never heard of, couldn't find them on trading cards, and three touchdown passes riddled the secondary. The pass rush couldn't get to him. The ground game disappeared in the second half. True, they didn't have Zeke Elliott, but Pollard and everybody, they were running and finding big holes. The pass rush uh, was non-existent. And I've got to go with the team that's 4-0 straight up at home. So I will take the Vikings here. And in a close game, I think the Vikings will be able to prevail here. Not one of my favorite games. Uh, and it has nothing to do with the fact that I lost with the Cowboys last week. I just think that this is a spot that I would much rather take Minnesota in this spot. Which leads us to the next game, which is uh, an interesting one because it's going to be Cincinnati and Pittsburgh. Uh, a week one rematch, which really uh, was uh, something that gave us a clue of how the Bengals season was going to go when the Steelers won 23-20 in overtime, a game in which Joe Burrow was sacked seven times and intercepted four times. T.J. Watt is back. The Bengals, a four and a half point road favorite in revenge. Can they get the job done? 
Well, last week there was a late surge of money that pushed the Steelers right into becoming small favorites against against the Saints, and that late surge was right on the money as the Steelers delivered over the Saints. The Steelers thirteen and four against the spread as a home team, but Cincinnati has covered the spread in six of his last seven games. They're coming off a bye. They'll they're well rested, and I do think they are the better team when it comes to them versus the Steelers. Uh, some value here in the line as the Steelers are coming off an impressive win, uh, but they only score about 16 points a game out. That worked against a team like the Saints. I don't think it's going to work against Cincinnati. I think four and a half is the right line, but I'm going to lay it and take Cincinnati minus the points. The Bengals desperately need a division win. And, you know, they're on a six and one ATS roll, but that loss was the game they got blown out by the Browns a few weeks back. The Steelers, doesn't matter to me that they ran for a season high 217 yards against the Saints. New Orleans is a team that's going nowhere. Kenny Pickett in that game was sacked six times. I know T.J. Watt returned for his first game since that season opener, had four tackles against the Saints. But this is a make-it-or-break-it game for the Bengals. They need this game if they have any hope of even getting back into the playoffs. They are not a Super Bowl contender. So I will lay it with Cincinnati, but far from one of my favorite games on the board. Now we get to the last game on this preview show, and it might be one of the better games. We've got Kansas City, a six-and-a-half-point road chalk, taking on the Chargers. Steve, who do you have in this one? Yeah, Chargers out. They're literally the walking wounded. Uh, so many injuries. They almost look like a scrub replacement team to me. Chiefs are under a touchdown favorite. Normally, you know, I would think that's a big gift, and most gamblers would as well. They've been up and down this season. And, you know, are you worried about the Chiefs covering on the road? I mean, I'm not. The Bolts haven't covered uh, in their last three at home. And to make matters worse, uh, there might be more Chiefs fans at the game than Charger fans, making it a de facto home game for KC. The bottom line is uh, the Chiefs, to me, are a sleeper, maybe to go all the way this year. They've been up and down all, all season long, but they know how important it is to catch fire just at the right time, At the you know, going into the postseason. That's when you want to be playing your best ball. They know how to do that. They know how important that is. I'm going to take the Chiefs here minus the points. Well, you mentioned the walking wounded. Here we are recording the show on Wednesday morning. Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, the two top receivers for the Chargers, they've missed the last two games. They're both questionable. God knows if they're going to be available. I think you have an interesting dichotomy here. You have a Chiefs team that refuses to run the ball and a Chargers team that won't run the ball. Two excellent quarterbacks, as we know. Patrick Mahomes coming off that 331-yard, four-touchdown performance against Jacksonville, a 27-17 home win in which the Chiefs barely covered as a nine-and-a-half-point chalk. I'm with you. I do like Kansas City here as a six-and-a-half-point road chalk, but I would be more inclined to put the Chiefs perhaps in a two-team teaser. As I mentioned about Philadelphia earlier, I was looking at Kansas City this season. They've been a disappointment as a favorite straight up against the number, but in two-team seven-point teasers, they are seven-and-two. When you put them in those two-teamers and you take the points off that straight-up number, so I'm looking at Kansas City just to win the game straight up on the road. Yeah, 
I'll take the Chiefs in that situation, especially considering not only Chargers have the concerns on the offensive side of the ball, but in that uh, Sunday night football loss, 22-16 against the 49ers, a defensive line that was already missing Joey Bosos on the injured list, they only finished with three healthy defensive linemen. Who knows? Andy Reid might wake up and go, my God, we might be able to run the ball here tonight, too. So I, I'm going to go with Kansas City. I also think the total might be interesting sitting at 50 points, which is awfully low for two teams that are going to throw the ball a hell of a lot. And the Chiefs have gone over in seven of their last eight road games, not only because of Patrick Mahomes, because their defense hasn't exactly been lights out. So just a couple of different ways to consider playing that game. Uh, and one final thing before we go, uh, you've seen it at the bottom of the screen. You've heard us talk about it for, oh, I don't know, 137 weeks in a row. The one-day free all-access pass, which you can get exclusively from us, something we've been doing for 22 straight years over at thesportsadvisors.com. Yeah, it's hard for me to believe you haven't taken advantage of it yet, but just in case that's the case and you've been trusting your own picks and finally have come to the conclusion that you need a little professional help to get it for free. Get what everyone else pays for absolutely free. Come to the site, take the free trial, see what it's all about. We know you're going to love it. That's why it's there. It's always worked for us, and it works because when we give customers a chance to see for free what paying customers pay for, they tend to really like it and they come back. And guys, it's $109 value that you get for free. And what you get is all the handicappers picks, every single play, at least 10 of them for free, plus all the analysis. And you get to pick the day. If you don't want the Sunday plays, you want to see what Rick Torino's latest college football best bet, 9-1 and one on the season, get them on Saturday. The choice is yours. As I always like to say, the only way you lose is if you don't take advantage of this absolutely free offer. So check it out, the one-day free all-access pass over at thesportsadvisors.com. Well, that'll do it for this week's show. For Steve Budin, I'm Al DeMarco, and we will catch you next week when we continue to break down all your top games on the NFL schedule. Good luck, everybody. 